and welcome to the Talking Heads podcast with Lucy and Saul, two head gardeners in Essex and Devon. In light of the coronavirus crisis we are living in and the drastic changes in horticulture happening up and down the UK, we both realised that bringing a regular glimpse into the gardens we look after might bring a little joy and interest. So for the foreseeable future, Talking Heads will now be a shorter podcast where Lucy and I bring you snippets of our daily lives in our gardens as spring unfurls. We'll also bring you news of gardens and gardeners, nurseries and nursery folk throughout the UK. So sit back, take a few minutes out of your day and tune into a small dose of our gardening lives. So Lucy, even in the last two days, things are constantly changing with this health crisis we're having. I think two days ago we were discussing that even though many of us are going to isolate ourselves or be at home, at least we can get out to National Trust Gardens or the RHS Gardens or even the NGS Gardens. And then in the last two days, all of those have closed as well, yeah. which is yeah. a, which is really sad when you think about it, because there's going to be very little opportunity to visit gardens at all this spring. I know. I think we will find ways to still enjoy people's gardens. I think the what happens is the news hits home and then... We sit with it for a bit and then people are so resourceful um, mm. and we have so, it's so quick now to spread the word of ideas. So I think, yeah, it's, it's I mean, the, the garden closest to me, Beth Chateau, I was, I was, um, they were opening through, through March for free and I was like, oh, that would be lovely to go there uh, and see the gravel garden. But I think that maybe in the world of technology where there's virtual this and virtual that and we love taking photos so much that I think we'll, we'll we've just got to re- assess how we look at gardens for this summer and it might introduce new ways to do things that um, mm. technology is moving forward so, so yeah I mean you know I'm obviously still very disappointed not to be able to get out to these gardens but let's just see how we overcome these obstacles that come through us because we will overcome them in in ways that you know we just can't even foresee at the moment so but one garden that isn't closed is our <laughs> own gardens. I see what you did there. You like the link? Do you know, you should do this professionally. Uh, well, really, that was slick. That was slick. If anyone wants to pay for these podcasts, <laughs> please write yeah, please. to P.O. Box. <laughs> Soul.walker. Yeah, exactly. No, but seriously, one of the places that we can really all take solace if, if we have a garden is our own garden. This yeah. weekend has been... Yeah pretty nice down in Devon I don't know what it's been like with you in Essex we've had a bit of an easterly wind yes it's been fresh but it's been sunny and glorious and it's just nice to not have the rain for a while Uh, oh yeah absolutely and I've been out in the garden all day today which is uh it's a first for a very long time and it's quite nice so should we have a little chat because we were going to do this in our normal podcast uh, routine our 40 50 minute shows where we're going to have a look at what it's like for head uh uh, what it's like in head gardeners' gardens. Because yeah, I've always yeah. thought there's two types of head gardener when it comes to their own gardens. There's those that are working all week at their garden they manage and therefore have no time or no interest in putting a garden together themselves. There can't uh, be many of them. No, I there don't think... There can't be many of them. No, there's not many of them, I don't think. But I think the second one, which there is a lot of, is we're all obsessed with plants. It's us lot. Yeah, us exactly. <laughs> and we just want... When we've finished eight-hour shift, we want to go into another garden and do another yeah. two or three, four hours of work. Exactly. Do you know the beauty at the minute, because the days are getting that bit longer, I could finish at the hall at 5pm and then I'm all in my Gore-Tex that's cl- clad in mud, probably smelling 
flowers a little bit, but no one actually wants to tell me that. And uh, and then I can go straight into my own garden at home for an hour, maybe even two hours um, once the clocks change. And uh, that's, yeah, to, I, we won't be eating tea uh, in our household till about eight, nine o'clock at night mm. once the, the summer stretches out. So, yeah, it's I'm lovely, definitely isn't it? in that second camp, mm. definitely. Um, and I think we've, we've got sort of very different uh, personal gardens, you and me. Um, obviously, yeah. I think yours reflects your love of the fruit and veg growing. It does. Whereas mine really is a uh, a plantsman's garden in that I'd never describe it as a garden because it doesn't look like one. It's a, a huge collection of plants. Collection of gorgeous stuff. Well, yeah. it, and growing yeah. in all sorts of pots all over the place. No, no sort of design to it. Um, the theme generally is tropical, exotic plants. I, I, I'm a bit of a sucker for punishment. Luckily, I am down in the, uh, the nice warm part of Devon. Exactly, and, you are in Devon. Yeah, yeah and I try to grow as many things that might not really meant to grow in this country but I like to try (laughs) and get them through and they generally have really exotic either foliage or flowers that's my two big things so tell me what have you been getting your hands on in your polytunnel today so yes I've so I've got two polytunnels and a greenhouse in my back garden the polytunnels are temporary just for overwintering things and today I've mostly been planting um potting on some of my smaller uh, plants so I've got a, a a relatively modest passion flower collection of about seven passion flowers uh, so they're all nicely potted on I've been splitting Lovely. gingers today and, and potting them on it's a shame really I split I split a ginger the other day and I got 30 new plants on off it all, three zero yeah three 30. zero all ready wow. to sell at my local hardy plant society oh. and now they're just going to sit there which is a shame but um they'll be they'll be ready for next year i hope they will be bulking up nicely exactly yes. exactly yes. and um yep. um i've also well i didn't do it this week but i repotted all my peonies so i have a collection of 40 varieties of peonies for those who don't know what a peony is it's a type of alpine orchid uh, like a hardy orchid so i've got 40 varieties of those and a couple of them have started flowering now so they're looking Gorgeous. very pretty oh I've... that's a lovely number to have isn't it how long have you been collecting those for uh, not very long i um as you know i'm an orchid nut and i mm-hmm. used to grow a lot of uh, what i would call the tropical um epiphytic type of orchids the more the house plants but then in the last maybe four to five years, I've really got into hardy uh, terrestrial orchids. So I now grow peonies, cypripediums, dactyriza. Um, I've also got some epipactis, the hellebarines. Um, so I'm really getting into those. So the collections are sort of developing. My biggest problem is I can't say no when another new plant comes along. So whether it's my local society uh, plant stalls or I go to the big plant fairs or I go to some of the big shows, every time I'm always bringing back a plant. Um, and one day the garden is going to run out of space. But uh, It's just going to go pop and well, then all these pots are going to be flung down the road. I seem to be able to balance things in all types of corners <laughs> of the greenhouse, which really helps. But um, ah, it's been... And then you start your orchid bonsai collection. That's all you do. That's what you do. You just downsize it. Well, that's the good thing about peonies. They're tiny and, <laughs> and they overwinter as bulbs in the fridge. So I don't actually need much space to keep them in pots over the winter. Which is what does nice. your partner think about that arrangement? Uh, said, oh, yeah, I could, there's a scary face being pulled. Just, just to clarify, everyone at home. <laughs> well, they're all potted on now in the greenhouse, but it's, lovely. It's such a lovely. It's a, such a lovely time of year because everything is just starting to break bud, and I just feel like the year is is starting to to crack on a little bit, to which move. is nice. Yeah. It's the same at your garden, I suspect. Yeah, well, as I say, um, you have alluded to the fact that I do love my 
fruit and veg. So predominantly, um, so the way my garden works is that you've got the, the driveway and we've got a formal pond at the front. And we're, we've been in the house now for four years. So we've got quite a lot of renovations going on. And the, the pond is something that we're due to renovate, which we'll probably do uh, this year because we'll have some time on our hands. We'll get that done uh, to make it nice and formal. So haven't been doing a massive amount there, although I put in a little new um, bit of box edging. Um, we've got a nice bay window, so we put a little little uh, new bed in front of that the other weekend. Put some box plants in um, about a week ago, because I do like my, my box, even though we, obviously they get things like the blight and the, the moth, but we can we can come o overcome those those issues. That's no issue, no problem. Um, and then in the sort of second part of the garden, we've got a beautiful apple tree that's about... Oh gosh, it must be fifty odd years old. It stands about um, ten, twelve meters tall. It's got a lovely gnarly shape to it, and all around there, I've got herbaceous border that's about a meter deep. With for the moment, it's it's not a polished border by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm doing, I'm in the plant collection stage, so I'm getting hold of perennials and things that I think might be quite nice, but I haven't quite maybe got them in the right position. I'm still mm. tweaking, which is part of the fun of a herbaceous border. Anyhow, you know, there's lots of um, just adjustments of subtleties here. You think, oh, actually, that that flower would look nice against that foliage, and you just keep shifting stuff around. So I'm in the very, very early stages of that sort of shifting stage of the border. I've got some things that I'm going to put in there. I've got just, just some really basic stuff like some bugle, uh, which I think makes really love ground cover in, in the shady side of the border. Um, I've got some, oh, I've got some lovely insettis that are going to go in the sunny corner. Oh, lovely. Um, oh, yes, those, those are from... Some, uh... From My Philippa, ultimate, aren't they? Yeah, from yeah. Philippa Ultimate. I was delighted to be the recipient of three massive big insettis. So they're going to go in once the temperature is a little bit warmer. So I might leave that for another month or so. Just I'll, I'll give there. you a hint. Those get absolutely massive, especially if you plant them out <laughs> into borders. Trust me, they'll double in size in the year. Wow. And you suddenly realise that they fitted in the polytunnel <laughs> for one winter. And then the next winter, they will never fit again. I know. I think what I'm going to do, my plan is to really enjoy them and then hope that they also produce some pups from the base because then I can slice those off, pop those up and get those going. So that's my my thinking there. Um, and yeah, then, like I said, so that's the second part of my garden. And then we've got the fruit and veg area, which I did touch on the other day. And if you follow me on Twitter, I'm doing loads of stuff in the the. Uh, what I loosely call the kitchen garden it's a very kind of like grandiose term for the fruit and veg patch basically it's bigger than most people's a, I will say in their well, back gardens <laughs> it's, it is my pride and joy and I do love it so we've got a lot going on there and then further down the bottom of the garden we've got what everyone has which is like the dumping ground with a scruffy <laughs> lawn uh we've got um a kind of composty bonfire heap. We've got a bit of a weedy area that needs sorting out. Basically, it's the bottom of the garden which we need to renovate, and we haven't quite done it yet. But we're, we're talking about things that we can do in the next few weeks just to get that more manageable. So, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that in this time where we're going to maybe have more, you know, more evenings at home and time on our hands, then we are Ian and I are like right. Let's crack on. Let's get some stuff done. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to doing that, and we. Um, I don't know if you saw on, on, on Twitter that uh, I pulled some rhubarb in the garden. Oh, the forced for... rhubarb. I saw that. Yeah, yes. For tonight. We're going to make some custard in a minute. Have the rhubarb. Oh. Set some peas out today. We've got this, the first spears of asparagus are just coming through. This is the first Brilliant. year 
I'm going to be harvesting my own asparagus that I grew from seed because I didn't want to get the crowns because they're quite pricey. So I've had it as seed raised plants and I've been looking at it for the last four years. And this is the first year I think I'm going to get a cut off it. And I am so, so excited oh, that... to get that. That first meal yeah. is going to be amazing. Nice poached egg, bit of bit of toast asparagus maybe a bit of bacon loads of butter Mm-mm-mm. oh that sounds really nice and you're right i think with all this extra time that we're going to have especially the weekends for the foreseeable future it's going to be really nice to actually concentrate a bit more on what i want to do with the garden because i i think i've yeah. spent so many years collecting plants and uh and trying to think exactly what i want in the way of plants i haven't mm. like i say i haven't really given thoughts to how i want the garden to look like <laughs> So I've got I know I want to build a deck on our top terrace so that needs yep. doing and I also need to start weeding out some of the brambles and things that I don't get round to every year because I'm too busy repotting hundreds of thousands of plants exactly <laughs> so I I am really looking forward to it and I must say today I was standing there thinking you know maybe I should take a few more weekends off in my normal life just to do things yeah. like this because i do yeah because on saturday i would have been at the uh southwest alpine garden society show up at rosemore and i'm sure i would have come back with another five different plants i know i wanted to buy a few more erythroniums for my front borders but then sometimes yeah. i buy these things and they sit in their pots on the patio for a good few months and i don't actually spend the time actually doing the gardening do you know what? That is something that I'm going to really try hard with this year because I am guilty, absolutely as you are, of impulse purchasing stuff because you want it because you see it. You like you're you're there. You're like I must get that plant because you don't see it very often or whatever reason. So I've accumulated quite a lot of pots of bits and bobs. I need to get them in the ground. That's I it. basically need to work out where they're going to go, get them planted out. I've got, um, for example, I mean, I've had some snowdrops in pots now and they were in, uh, not in pretty pots looking beautiful in terracotta pots. They were just in some um, scrappy old pots they need to go in the ga- in the ground. They've been they've been earmarked to go in the. Fr- I know exactly where they're going to go at the front of our driveway. So when people walk past, they can see some snowdrops in the spring, and it's all going to look beautiful. Have I done it? No. So there's literally this this year. There is no excuse. This is the perfect time to get my snowdrops Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Just finished flowering. They're still in the green. Um, I'm going to get them just under a lovely philadelphus that's that's going to come into flower later on in the year. I know exactly where they're going to go. So. I, I honestly that is um that is on the list of things to do maybe this week sounds good and i think if people are interested in seeing our gardens we do post a lot of pictures and things up on our twitter accounts so please yeah. if you don't follow us on twitter i'm uh, at gardening saul lucy is at head gardener lc uh, and uh, please do interact with us and talk to us about our gardens and see our pictures yeah I think that is more important than ever before. Um, I think that's the way that most people are going to be able to communicate for the foreseeable future, as you say. And uh, yeah, let's let's make the most of it. It's a lovely gardening community out there. So please do say hello. So that's today's podcast. We hope you enjoy this shortened format and the look at our lives and our gardens. Hopefully you'll tune in again soon to hear about what we're up to. We understand that for many, life has changed in ways not imagined during the start of this year. Our thoughts especially go out to all our colleagues and peers in horticulture. They have been drastically affected and we hope that life will return and like all good plants, flower again much better than before. 
in the meantime, please do get out into your gardens, support your local small specialist nurseries, and enjoy time out from this extraordinary shift in ordinary life. Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.